How did a maker of emergency vehicles cope with its own set of emergencies, the supply chain crises of the last three years? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. The REV Group is an American manufacturer of specialty vehicles, including ambulances, buses, fire trucks, and recreational vehicles. As such, it faces both challenges that are common to the automotive industry, as well as those that are unique to its particular sector. So how's it doing after three years of seemingly endless supply chain disruptions? On this episode, we get an update from Chief Supply Officer Rob Veslosky. Turns out the news is pretty positive. The Rev Group has managed to pursue what he calls operational excellence despite headwinds driven by COVID-19 and other supply disasters. We'll learn about the company's procurement strategy, one of diversification to mitigate risk, as well as how it's addressed the manufacturing labor shortage. And we'll talk about the move to electric vehicles. Here's my conversation with Rob Veslosky. Rob Veslovsky, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate the time. Rob, tell me about the Rev Group. What do you guys do? Rev Group's an outstanding company. We make specialty vehicles across a number of different sectors. This covers areas such as ambulances, fire trucks, specialty vehicles such as sweepers and yard trucks utilized in our ports. In addition to that, we have an extensive RV business. And then finally, a business that also covers buses as well. So you make some essential equipment and some very essential vehicles. That's really interesting. And and I guess that puts you in kind of a niche position in one regard, but also sharing some of the challenges and some of the processes of basic vehicle manufacturers. How have you continued to manufacture your products in this difficult environment of the last couple of years? Like, What kind of challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them? Yeah, we carry both the burden of an OEM as well as a specialty vehicle manufacturer. From that dynamic, we're exposed to all the supply chain challenges that you'd find in a large OEM, in addition to the challenges you'd find in a special vehicle outfit. With regards to how we've managed through that, we've applied the RevDrive Operational Excellence System. This is a system that's been championed by our SVP of Operations and President of the Commercial Division, Brian Perry. This approach has allowed us to be flexible in our manufacturing but also have an intensity around specific aspects of our supply base to ensure we have multiple sources, ability to supply in tight markets to conditions, and beyond that, also making certain we're strongly connected to understanding our customers' needs. Tell me more about this operational excellence system. How did you formulate it? Did you draw on other examples in the industry? Did you just kind of come come up with it yourself, or how did it kind of come into being? The genesis of the approach A lot of it is based on the Toyota production system, but ultimately it comes down to basic components of good operational fortitude, making certain that you have good data to support your decisions. And when you look at the areas of focus that I have specific into the supply base side, the procurement area, it ensures an intensity around understanding the weaknesses within your supply base, focusing on fixing those weaknesses, and ensuring that you have multiple sources that allow you to produce products 
even in the most challenging supply chain situations. So where do you source components and assemblies and the like, and then where do you actually produce finished vehicles? All of our production is domestic within the United States, but ultimately we do source across the globe. Predominance of our sourcing activities is focused in North America. That creates some challenges as well as some opportunities. We are broadening our horizons, making certain we do have diversity in our supply base, looking at sources in many other industries, and using those as opportunities to leverage best practices that would go beyond automotive manufacturing. You manufacture domestically. That's really interesting. You've managed, despite the additional costs of doing so, you've managed to keep that going all this time. Correct. It's been, again, um, a good approach when you look at the rev drive system, ensuring we have a focus around being efficient, of course, being safe, but also finding ways in which we can make improvements every single day with how we produce our products, making certain those products are done with a focus on technical capability and also innovation. The beauty of that rev drive system for me, specifically in the supply base side, it allows us to partner with quality suppliers, suppliers we have relationships that we've measured over multiple years, but at the same time, find suppliers that can be new and bring innovation that we haven't had in the past. So you have multiple plants around the country or just one, or where are you actually doing the manufacturing? Multiple facilities across the United States, actually from California to the East Coast. That's, again, creates some great opportunities for us and can create some logistical challenges. When you're looking at a manufacturing base that's across the United States like that, you've got to also be aware of the impact you can have from a trucking standpoint, making certain we can get our products, not just to the market, but the raw materials to make those products to our facilities in a timely fashion. Some of those materials are imported, and that does create some level of complexity, but ultimately having a manufacturing base based in the United States has allowed us to ensure that we understand exactly where the supply lines are coming domestically, and then focusing on the weak points that might be coming from international sources as well as domestic sources. Even so, I cannot imagine that you have been immune to the challenges of the last couple of years that have been faced by manufacturers of all sorts, from labor to parts to all kinds of issues. What have you faced there? It's kind of disruptive in any way. And then how did you address those disruptions? The last several years have been a time of challenge and opportunity. Rev, like many in our industry, has faced an onslaught of supply chain-derived problems. Those problems created a unique opportunity to learn and make systematic improvements on how we source and manage our supply chain. Ultimately, we threw out the old approaches and developed a supply-based management strategy that is industry-leading. Our approach added key resources at suppliers to help them recover, a node analysis of those suppliers, and beyond that, understanding the supplier suppliers, understanding that weakness within the supply chain, understanding those gaps to head off issues before that impacts production. It has impacted us, of course, like many in the last several years, but we're looking at some great opportunities to create more stability in that supply base and ultimately allowing a level of focus around executing our finished good production process effectively with that multi-sourcing effort is going to be the hallmark of our activity for the next several years. What were some of those old approaches that you discarded in favor of these improved processes? In many cases, we were single source with certain suppliers for some reasons that we had to undo. Ultimately, that allowed us to make some critical changes in making certain that we had diversity in that supply base. Multi-sourcing is to be the hallmark, and the champion for that is our CEO, Rod Rushing. He has made certain that we're focused on that effort, and that has really brought to light beyond the fact of creating supply chain solvency also some innovation, as well as some potential for ongoing development on the raw material side, creating 
an innovative supply chain with multiple sources, with suppliers that are bringing to bear ideas we may have not have considered in the past, as well as making certain that we have inventory placed strategically near our facilities that help us ensure on time and full to our customers. So was all this a direct outgrowth, a direct response to the conditions of the last couple of years? Or were you contemplating or making some of these changes and improvements even before that? Our leadership with Rod and Brian Perry actually were championing this before that supply chain disruption started. This was part of their strategy going into this. That's the beauty of Rev. It's a very innovative company with outstanding leadership. And the foresight of Rod and Brian allowed us to really start strong in that regard. That being said, the supply chain has been very challenging for the last two years, like anybody would have seen, and we have had our challenges. Getting through those challenges came back down to the key fundamentals of making sure we really understood the weaknesses within our supply base, double, triple, clicking into those suppliers that are having challenges, finding ways in which we can help them thrive and survive, and also finding those alternative suppliers. In addition to that, we took an organizational redesign effort, adding specific category leaders with industry-leading knowledge. These individuals come with background that's broader than what we had in the past within the Rev Group and has really helped us understand alternative sources that we would have never found before. We've also added key senior directors within each one of our divisions, and that's also helped us to make some sizable improvements in connecting with those businesses and understanding their needs better. That is making certain that our sourcing strategy, which is subservient to our business strategy, is executed with the customer in the forefront. Interesting, though, that to some extent, at least, you saw the writing on the wall before the crisis hit, so you weren't in a completely reactive mode. That's interesting. You also indicate that you have some visibility beyond your Tier 1 suppliers. Is that, in fact, the case? And what challenges did you face in achieving that? That's, been a, that's a big problem for a lot of OEMs. That was definitely a challenge. Your suppliers may not necessarily have the visibility to their entire node analysis, their entire supply chain, and you've got to ask for that demand to get that. That is something that was an outcome of the supply chain challenges that we faced over the last two years was placing additional intensity over understanding where those products and services would come from. In addition to making certain that those suppliers are finding ways in which to help those supplier suppliers get well, it's not just ensuring that your suppliers can produce, but making certain that the food chain that is supporting those suppliers are getting well alongside of them and making certain there's transparency and visibility to the impact that's happening of those suppliers that are feeding your supply base. And you are able to convey your demand forecast and your production plans upstream to those multiple tiers of suppliers in order to, so that everybody's on the same page, knows exactly what they need to provide you with, not too much, not too little, definitely on time. Are there any issues there or do you feel that you've achieved that? That's definitely an area of uh, improvement and an opportunity for enhancement. The planning process that Andy Thompson's putting in place, which is part of a rev drive approach, is really helping my team get better visibility to the needs. Ultimately, the better that you're able to communicate what your demand plan is to your raw material suppliers, the better they can pre-position inventory, get the materials on time and full at the best overall cost. So that is a journey that we're on right now. And we're seeing some substantial improvements with the processes that Andy Thompson is putting in place. How did you deal with the labor situation during the pandemic and now as well? Strong partnership with our HR team, and that's across all forms and facets, specifically within my area, within the sourcing and procurement realm, making certain that we have the right buyers hired within the right facilities, and also making certain that as part of the HR process that Chris Daniels had put in place for us, that we have individuals that are looking at ways in which they can develop outside of their standard work activity. We found uh, great examples within our manufacturing base of 
individuals sitting in one division supporting another division and leveraging the best practices as one rev as opposed to multiple verticals. Hiring, of course, is still a challenge going forward, and that's Mm -hmm. why we are excited about continuing to bring on top talents, educating and maturing our existing talent base within the company. And beyond that, making certain we're creating an outstanding work environment for those individuals, especially in my space in sourcing and procurement that allows them to develop outstanding careers and help Rev continue to perform well. Well, again, as you say, you are in the sourcing and supply and procurement arm of the company. But uh, what about down on the factory floor in terms of just in this last couple of years, everybody working remotely, you can't work remotely on a, on a production line. Were there any issues there? Did you have the people you needed in order to produce your vehicles once you got the parts in place? Yeah, definitely getting employees consistently has been a challenge for everyone in our industry, specifically within automotive equipment manufacturing. There's no doubt about that. With regards to pandemic-related activities, would it prevent us to getting to the factory floor? We've taken the correct precautions to make certain we can get people to our manufacturing base safely. That has not been a major issue getting into the facilities or, or working with our suppliers, but really making certain that we're continuing to work with our HR partners to find the right labor at the facility level, the right support at the management level, and make that continuous process part of feeding the talent base we have within Rev. The beauty of our brands, it's a pretty cool business. There's the manufacturing activities we have ongoing. It does make it exciting for individuals who want to join the company. And I encourage all that are looking for great opportunities in manufacturing to take a look at Rev as an opportunity for them. What's the market like out there, Rob, right now? I know that because you make such a specialty product, you probably don't track exactly with, say, automotive demand patterns in general or any other manufacturing demand patterns. But what is the market like right now for the product that you produce? The demand is strong. We've got a sizable backlog, which is public information, and that uh, also creates an opportunity for us in the sourcing the supply chain side is to make certain that we understand exactly how we can bring about additional volume and raw material availability. Our project velocity is helping to improve the speed by which we produce those vehicles and help to uh, eat into that backlog. But the beauty of our products is we have outstanding designs, and that's why a big part of our demand is really related to the customer's wants of our products. Great problems for us within sourcing the supply chain is to make certain we can find those raw materials, those products, those services to make the product at and to make certain as well that we're meeting the requirements of our increased velocity at REV from a manufacturing standpoint. Everybody's a little nervous about next year, about whether we're going to have a recession, what the picture is going to look like, what the economy is going to look like. What do you anticipate? I mean, there you are, Rob. You are the eye of the storm as chief supply chain officer for this company. It's a big role to play in the success of the company. But what do you imagine might keep you up at night next year? What are your biggest concerns and challenges going forward? Yeah, my biggest concerns, of course, is ensuring that we have enough uh, raw materials and services available to make our products at velocity. It's going to keep most supply officers up, most people within manufacturing up, but it also keeps you on your toes. And that's why we are focusing on the multi-sourcing efforts within our company, making sure we have good written category strategies and understand the risk within the suppliers. Second to that, of course, is inflation, which has been a challenge for the last couple of years and doing uh, everything we can from a manufacturing base to produce those products as efficiently as possible to offset that inflation. And then finally, making certain that we are thinking about innovation. There's going to be great development happening within REV from an electrification standpoint. And the burden that I carry within our group is to making certain we're finding the right suppliers to meet those innovative opportunities. It's going to continue to be a challenging supply chain for the foreseeable future, but I'm really excited about the implementation of the strategy, continuation of that, and how that's going to help us meet our customers' needs. 
So like so many automotive producers and OEMs, you're going in the direction, at least partially, of electric vehicles in the years to come? Absolutely. There's a lot of EV activity happening within the corporation as a whole. And again, it's creating some opportunities for us from a supply chain standpoint, creating partnerships uh, with specific vendors that can make those types of technologies, helping us to expand our footprint in that area is going to be a key for success for the foreseeable future. Rob Veslovsky of Rev Group, thank you so much for sharing with me your story at the company and how you guys have managed to weather the challenges and crises of the last few years and how it might look like at the company going forward. Thank you so much for your time. Bob, thank you. It was a pleasure talking with you. That was my conversation with Rob Veslovsky of the Rev Group, talking about surviving the pandemic years. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. And also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.